What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the next section 925 Pod Center. Today we have a favorite guest of ours, Taylor Lewis. She's not been on the show for a couple of years now, but it's so lovely to have her back in the Zoom studio. Taylor, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. The last time we talked, you were in Oakland. And uh, we were in the studio over in Oakland, undisclosed location over there. And then, boom, you went to the UK in Mm -hmm. England, um, Soccer City, USA. And you were there for a year getting your law degree and your human rights degree where you're uh, pursuing that career in Sacramento, our nation's capital. But how was it being away from the NBA for a year? Because I know you're such a huge NBA fan. Yeah, I mean, it was really hard um, having to watch games at two, three four in the morning, the playoffs, I was watching the playoffs, two, three, four in the morning, and then having to be ready for the day. So that was the hard part about being wow. away, is not having basketball be like in my normal time zone, or not being able to go out to a sports bar or a pub to watch the basketball game, because you, or you would have to watch it the next day, which by then you already kind of know the score, but you're just watching the game. So it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, with with, are you an NBA Twitter person? Or do you follow I, NBA Twitter? Or? I, I follow like everybody on NBA Twitter, like ESPN, some Fox, Shannon Sharp, uh, Nick Wright, you know, the staples. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't discuss this off air, uh, you know, in the green room, but I have to ask you right off the jump here. What do you think about the NBA in Hong Kong and how that is going down? Because you have your degree in human rights. So yeah. let's, I know that's a tough take to have this early in the show. But, um, you know, Woj, Woj said what he said. LeBron said what he said. Steve Kerr is even under fire for how he criticizes America, but also is uh, not as critical of, of China. Right. Um, yeah. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, my thoughts are, you know, business and money always is going to be the forefront of what's going on, especially in human rights. I mean, that's there's a whole section of human rights called business, money, and human rights, right? And so obviously they make their profits from the Chinese market and in Hong Kong. And so are they going to be probably say things that are going to, you know, criticize or be detrimental to maybe a, a contract or money dealings that they have? Probably not. Um, is what's going on in China and Hong Kong, is it correct? And from a human rights perspective, no. Um, any, anything that's restricting human rights, obviously, is should be you know looked at in a critical lens. But you know, for them, their money and their livelihood is linked to that, and so I understand their perspectives. But you know, yeah, well, very- you know, uh, being in the Bay Area, obviously, I have a love for Steve Kerr, right, and right. I've run into him one time in my life at a yoga studio. I didn't say anything to him, but I feel like you know. Uh, I got to know him that day. Right. Uh, so he can't be that bad of a, of a guy if he's doing Berkeley, uh, yoga in Berkeley, you know? No, you know, no. Uh, that qualifies you to, to be a good person, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but what he said was, hey, I don't really feel qualified to comment on this. And everyone jumped on him and said, oh, you know, you're being silent because of your business interests. Right. But I don't think he's qualified to talk about it as much as, you know, uh, his whole life in America, he's led his whole life. He's seen, you know, the ups and downs, you know, his father was assassinated. I think that he can say that he has more knowledge about, you know, um, the gun laws in America and and so on. He's raised a few kids. He's put them through the school system. He can comment on America more than China, but people really did not like hearing that when he's, you know, vocal. And I don't think he's, 
hates America. I think he wants yeah. America to to perform better and and people to be happier and people to thrive more. But it's yeah. perceived as he hates America and he's you know pro China. Like uh, I don't know, doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. It, it doesn't. You know, he just wants a more perfect United States as we all do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with that topic. Uh, that, you know, to start off on that, to to, to kind of ask you more questions about this because you are an expert. What do you think about with the NBA bubble and the restart? Um, how they're going to handle the the social justice messages that obviously they they want to get across? Um, do you think you would have entertained the idea of not playing at all, or do you think it was important that they played to get their message out? Yeah, I could see both sides. I understand not playing because it's like you want to give 100% of your time to an issue, an organization, the movement. And I can understand, you know, what, what Kyrie Irving, you know, he's been very vocal about not playing and what that means to him. I can understand that. And I understand when people say that, you know, there's basketball that could be used as a distraction against, you know, not for the movement it's it's taking people's energies away from what's going on and focusing you know solely on basketball and so yeah I part yeah I definitely partly agree with that and then when I heard you know LeBron James talking about we could bring more um spotlight to the issue we could talk about it in our interviews and you know having slogans on the back of the um jerseys does that is that meaningful I don't know um, having Black Lives Matter on the court, sure. I mean, that's great. Like we have it on sh- different streets and different cities. And is that just performative or is it actually doing something? I guess it'll be, remain to be seen. Like we don't really know how the players are going to use their platform while they're in the bubble, while they're playing in the playoffs. And so it'll. I think it remains to be seen. But if I was a player, I definitely would have entertained not playing as a form of like, I should be working. I mean, I think about Maya Moore, the WNBA um, superstar who took time away from the WNBA to help with getting this man that was in jail for 50 years out. And so I look at that and I say, wow, like she used her voice and platform, took time away from basketball to do that. And so was that the right thing to do? I mean, for her, yeah. Um, And so it remains to be seen what the NBA is going to offer moving forward because definitely lots more needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting to me about the Maya Moore thing, that uh, almost overwhelmingly the response was positive. Everything on Twitter, which is a, can be a very evil and scary place, they were, uh, I only heard positive things about what she did. I didn't even hear the story before I heard the end of it, um, You know, the end result. I didn't even know that she took Tim off. That's my, um, my lack of knowledge for the WNBA shining through. I apologize for that although we did go to a WNBA game in New York city one time. Um, but that's an example. Yeah. Where she really put, uh, her money where her mouth was and followed through. Um, but in my opinion, it's just really hard when like LeBron, he opens up a school, the I promise school in Ohio. And then people still hate on him for that and say, Oh, was that uh, performative or like how, how often are you actually at the school? How much do you even know how the school system works? Right. You've been a teacher in the past. Um, And it's just hard. It's like, okay, you're going to hate on him for that. I mean, you can't really win, even if it is a little bit performative. I don't know. You'd have to look into it, but it's, it's like, you can't win either way. And then, 
you know, he's putting James on his back of his jersey as opposed to Black Lives Matter. People are going to give him grief for that. Um, I, I, I agree with him or I see where he's coming from with that. Um, like he said, he's, he's done more than enough to say that he cares about the movement. Him putting Black Lives Matter on the back of his jersey is not going to change all the things he will do and all the things that he's done. So I, you know, and I see on Twitter, Skip Bayless talking about, you know, as a white man, I take offense to, he tweeted that, you know, of LeBron James not putting. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that, but Skip Bayless probably should. uh, Right. uh, Take this one out. Take this rep out. Yeah. Wow. LeBron James does not need to put Black Lives Matter on his jersey to say or to you know enhance what he's done because he's done enough yeah you know uh you just made me think of something there's a lot of talk that the last dance you know they sat on that for 20 years and you're a huge lebron fan i'm a michael jordan fan Mm -hmm. perhaps they sat on that footage for 20 years until the debate got heated enough Mm-hmm. You know, people like you kept saying LeBron, you know, LeBron's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT, <laughs> to the point where Jordan said, hey, I got to put my foot down, release the documentary, remind the next generation of kids that were still wearing my shoes um, that I was the best. Right. And uh, when that was occurring and the kind of the battle between Jordan and LeBron kept, kept brewing, it became obvious that uh, LeBron has done more for the public is in a social justice manner than Jordan, who's, you know, Republicans by uh, Air Jordans too. That's his famous quote. That's kind of the debated quote, the, the, uh, the backstory of that, but either way, he was not very um, outspoken about this. And now he is more outspoken. He's uh, through his press releases or whatever. He's, he's, he's sharing his thoughts Mm -hmm. about what has been happening. So LeBron kind of pushed him into that role. I kind of believe uh, yeah. because he, he he made it more of a uh, priority, even though players in the NBA were doing it in the past as well. I shouldn't, you know, I don't know what Kareem did or this or that. I should be more knowledgeable, but uh, LeBron has really taken it uh, to another level. It seems like. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on today's news? Today is July 13th. Russell Westbrook, who's, you know, maybe the strongest, most physically gifted person in the NBA. Definitely. Aside from LeBron, he now has coronavirus. So do you think we're actually going to even have a season or do you think we're just going to keep itching forward and and find a way to get it done? I think the NBA is going to keep pitching forward and find a way to get it done. Um, There's a lot of money at stake. And I think that the NBA is going to keep pitching forward. Whoever tests positive, you go quarantine. We're going to keep going. I mean, the, the, that's the way that, you know, it's seeming like, um, you know, in James Harden has yet to join the bubble. So I feel like before all of this happened, the Rockets were right, you know, in there, in the mix, like they, they had really great chances of maybe yeah an upset or being right there in, in the top, you know, three for sure in the West. And so, now with Russell Westbrook not being there and they're going to start, what does that mean for the Rockets? If James Harden hasn't joined the bubble yet for undisclosed reasons, there's a lot of rumors circulating around. Why hasn't he joined the bubble? So, you know, does this mean that the Rockets season is like pretty much over? I know Mom Bute, uh, Mom Bute, he also has not joined the bubble. So. Yeah. So big, big implications. 
Yeah. Um, or Russell. I, yeah, I have heard that that there was someone in the NBA that like stepped three feet over the bubble line, and then he was forced to quarantine. Is that is that true? Yes, Sacramento Center, one of their young centers, Holmes is his last name, stepped over the bubble, grabbed some food. They're like, nope. And so it's a 10-day quarantine now. So he has to 10 days quarantine, get tested, and then we'll see from there. Yeah. Yeah. So from a betting perspective, it seems like betting on the Lakers, Bay Area sports fans aren't going to want to hear this, but betting on the Lakers might be wise because you have LeBron the savvy vet that's not going to allow anyone to leave the bubble. Maybe no. he's going to bring in a personal chef that's yeah. immune to, to the coronavirus and yeah. uh, keep people like J.R. Smith from getting sick. And, you know, you got to keep a wrinkle on J.R. because last time we saw LeBron and J.R. together on the court didn't go well. But, you know, if you're going to bet, I feel like the Lakers, you know, that the Lakers will stay healthy. Although Rondo um, is not going to be with the team. So that's, was he really, you know, that good of a Laker this year? You know, but, you know, what he does in the playoffs has been proven. We've seen. So notable subtractions from the Lakers, Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo from both point guards for the Lakers. Wow. Yes. Well, I like what you had to say about the Lakers, but what do you think they're going to do when they be, when they're in the finals uh, against potentially the Bucks or who else are you afraid of out of the East? Um, really, no one outside of. The Bucks. <laughs> I mean, on 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 the Sixers, we have Ben Simmons, who's still trying to figure out. I don't know where he is with that today. Um, the Raptors were, you know, up there, but I don't think they pose a threat without um, Kawhi on the team. So I'm going to say the Bucks are the team to beat. Yeah. Out of the East for sure. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that might hurt the Lakers, because you're such a big Laker fan, you know, is is the fact that there's no fans and there's going to be like a lot less pressure. It's kind of going to be like AAU style, like pickup style and maybe a team or someone young like Giannis you know, the moment's not going to really be too big for him when, you know, he's not at going to the NBA finals with all the media scrutiny and this and that. It's just like head to the gym with your sandals on, you know, take your temperature and then go play essentially pickup versus LeBron. And I don't know, his body's probably feeling good. So um, what do you say to the haters that uh, think that there might be an asterisk if the Lakers win, win the championship? Definitely not. Definitely not. I feel like it's harder. No one's ever played a championship basketball under these type of conditions. If you think about the stress of like getting COVID, I mean, being in the bubble, not being around family, um, and then no fans. So no, like there's no home advantage or anything like that. And so I think that it would be harder than the long layoff. So you got to get yourself back up into playing mode. And so, yeah, I think that there should be no ashes. It's, you know, fair and square. <laughs> yeah. One thing, one, one topic I just popped in my head is maybe you'll have younger NBA officials inside the bubble because, you know, they have less potential to have a, you know, elderly themselves or older family members or what have you. Mm-hmm. So you get the young official that's intimidated by LeBron. LeBron gets all the calls 
you know, people in the Bay Area already think that he gets all the calls, but he'll really dominate the dominate the reps in the bubble because he'll be so young. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the sound of that. I, I think I mean that sounds great for sure. Yeah. Um do you think there's a possibility that Giannis goes to the Warriors? And if that happens, you know, how would how would you feel about the Golden State Warriors if they swooped up on Giannis? I Just don't think it's about gonna- it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. And if it did, it would just be like, you know, KG all over again. No one, they're like going to be unbeatable. No suspense to the season, you know. Yeah, I, I no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Giannis and what he said, I mean, talk is cheap but what he has said so far about Milwaukee I don't have the indication that he would leave um but yeah I, we, we can't the, we can't take the Warriors being on top again as LA fans <laughs> we can't no not happening yeah that well that sure that sure ended kind of badly I mean you have you have Katie and um and uh Draymond you know still at odds with each other still going on zoom calls like, like we're on right now and just bashing each other. I mean, Katie's kind of been more quiet about it, but Draymond went on a tour, you know, like in April, I want to say, and he just bashed everyone aired all of the dirty laundry of, uh, of Katie about what happened at Staples center against, against the Clippers. It's like, he didn't pass you the ball. Cause you know, he's better than you. I mean, that's my take, but uh, bottom line, <laughs> bottom line. I haven't talked about Draymond, but that's for another another pod. <laughs> another pod. That's a two-hour pod only on Draymond. Um, right. Yeah, he better put up some stats next year. That's all I'll say because he's had a chance to rest his legs. He, he mean, won't. But, you know, you can't put up eight or nine points a game or whatever it is when you're the go-to guy and you're, you have this huge contract. Yeah. If you're going to get that big of a contract, you can't just be a supportive player the whole whole time. No. Um, how about, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the, the court designs. Like, do you have any other ideas of what players could do to get their voice out? Do you think there should be, like, some sort of commercials that happen during the game? What do you think Adam Silver should do? Um, I will say that it seems like the NBA is in a much better place than Major League Baseball for the NFL socially. So um, they're kind of the best sport to carry this torch, but do you have any ideas of what they, what they should do um, during this time when they're, when they're playing? Yeah. I mean, I think it would be a good time to discuss what the NBA plans on doing for, I mean, they always talk about community. We're giving to communities, but we don't really see what that looks like exactly. And so maybe this would be a good time to, say like, you know, during breaks or timeouts or however they want to do it. So we're doing highlighting this such and such company or this cause or highlighting money that, that they've given to, you know, X, Y, and Z cause. Cause like right now it just is like money. We're, we're giving this many millions of dollars. Right. But what, who, what, where, when, what, how does that look? And, um, you know, more, I guess, talk from Adam Silver, maybe himself, about his feelings, where he sees the NBA going in terms of social justice would be helpful. But yeah, it's we're, it's in a much better spot than the NFL and Major League Baseball in terms of like 
giving to the community and even highlighting these issues for sure. Mm -hmm. um, do you, what is, what's your take on like the bubble management? Uh, do you think LeBron will have an advantage in the bubble because he can prevent people uh, from visiting the bubble or, or, or uh, you know, going out and partying out in Orlando? Do you think LeBron will be able to, to manage his team better than others in such a weird bubble atmosphere? Yes. Cause he's LeBron. He's seasoned. He's been there. He has a gray beard. So who's not going to listen to a guy with a gray beard, you know, and he wants to win this year. So it's like, he's probably putting the screws. Like if this is do or die, don't leave the bubble. No girls in and out the bubble. We're winning the championship. Boom. That's it. We're staying focused. And I think that, you know, if they're smart, they're going to listen because they'll have hell to pay. <laughs> he has a great beard. This is like it for LeBron. You know, he has maybe like, what, two, three more years in the top. You know? Yeah. Well, I think his body is so strong. He's like, his biggest attribute is how athletic he is. He's 35. I feel like. He's going to he's going to uh slow down later than any player in history. So I'd have to look back about which player had the best year at the oldest age. Um there's not a lot of NBA players that play very well in their late 30s. Like obviously Larry Bird had like a terrible back. Uh yeah. I don't know when Jordan slowed down, but clearly when he was on the Wizards and whatnot, he wasn't very effective. But LeBron's more athletic than Jordan. So uh and he yeah. has more of like a post game that he can, he can morph into, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Jordan had to, had to morph into his, his back to the basket game, like in his early thirties or his late twenties, almost, you know, he had to make right. an adjustment yeah. because he couldn't dunk on people quite as easily. LeBron is like the same guy all the time. So I think he, I think he's got some more years, um, and you can do his Space Jam stuff, you know, in the off season. He lives in LA. Doesn't he's not like looking to go anywhere else. So, um, right. How do you think the Warriors? How do you think the Warriors are going to be next season? Uh, you know, Curry's like golfing. He's in celebrity golf tournaments mm -hmm. right now. Draymond's chilling, doing whatever he needs to do. Probably needs to take some steroids or something, but. Do you think the Warriors are going to come back and be a big threat next year? Or do you think their their best years are behind them? Next year, I'm going to say no. Um, they'll be in the playoffs for sure. It's not going to be like the disaster that it was, you know, this, this year. But um, no, I don't think they're going to be a threat because like you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, the Rockets, uh, the Jazz are good. The Mavericks, I mean, Luka Doncic is going to get a year older, better, and then him and Porzingis probably going to develop more chemistry. Good point. Um, yeah, and so, like, a lot of teams have gotten, and then the Nuggets, I mean, did you see Jokic now? He's, like, has abs, apparently, and is, is fit, and so I think that a lot of teams, a lot of those teams weren't as good as they are now when the Warriors were super, super dominant. And so I think that, um, oh, in the Rockets, you know, if Russell and James stay together, um, 
there, you know, so I think that there's more obstacles, better teams, better duos um, that the Warriors will have to face. And their team is really young, except for like the core three. And so is Andrew Wiggins going to turn into a superstar? Uh, probably not. We ha- we've seen no indication that, you know, he's going to be that. Maybe playing with Steph and Clay is going to unlock that in him. Uh, we'll see. But it'll be yeah. interesting. But I don't think they're going to be super dominant like they were. No. You haven't mentioned the Blazers and Damian Lillard at all. Do you, do you think the Blazers are a threat out of the West? Or is uh, Lillard just, you know... Maybe he needs to get traded and go to another team if he ever – I guess he has such a big contract. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, the, I think the Lakers would take on his contract. They'll, they'll try to figure it out. You heard it here first. The Lakers are going to get – Wow. Oakland's finest. Stranger um, things have happened. Yeah. Um, how about how about what's happening in Utah? Where do you stand on the Go Go Bear uh, Donovan Mitchell saga? Um, I kind of feel like they had beef, regardless of what happened with the the COVID situation. And if they were actually yeah. friends, he wouldn't have been so mad when he played that joke where he touched on the microphones. Or do you think that actually they had a solid relationship and Donovan Mitchell was so upset that he, he can never forgive him? Probably the relationship probably wasn't that great before how mad he got and how vocal he was about being upset. Um, yeah. It's not like it probably wasn't like the, the brotherhood, you know, when they have all the handshakes and stuff, probably wasn't, they probably weren't that close. And, you know, if I were Donovan Mitchell, I, you know, I would be mad also. And was it Gobert that spread Corona around the NBA? Probably not, you know, cause then after he got it, then it started like sprouting up, you know, everywhere. And then we see how it spreads and how easy it is to get. And so other players probably could have gotten it from even Donovan Mitchell. So that we don't know how, what role um, Gobert had in him getting Corona. But if there was a connection there, that relationship is never going to be the same for sure. I mean, I I would still be upset about that. And he has every right to be upset because as we saw, he did not take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was definitely an odd time because I certainly wasn't taking it very seriously on that first couple of days. Um, so I could see why he was joking around, but I was wrong. And, and so was Gobert because uh, the NBA had shut, shut down after that. Um, um, well, before we go, I know we're running out of time, but uh, how, how's the WNBA doing? Is the WNBA going to be coming back? I think they are, right? Um, they are. Okay, give me your take on sub, the WNBA as a whole and Sabrina Ionescu, who went, who's from the 925. You know, we, we were on her at the very beginning. Uh, she's went from Walnut Creek. She went to high school in Arinda. She went to Marimani. She went to Oregon, which sadly Stanford and Cal let, get, let, let her get away. But I think she's the number one pick, New York Liberty. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that she's going to be exciting to watch for sure. And she's going to the New York Liberty, which is a big market. They haven't had a lot of success in recent years. And so it'll be interesting to see, can she turn the franchise around? Um, Yeah, but I'm excited to see what happens with the WNBA. A lot of players have moved, uh, a lot of trades. 
Um, just recently, I think breaking news today, Elena Deladon, the reigning MVP and champion, you know, she, her request to sit out the season for medical reasons was denied today. So her um, WNBA and her personal doctor staff are at odds. So it'll be interesting to see if she plays or, or what the reason is, because her initial request was denied for medical reasons. So, yeah. Oh, so that means... That- so if, she, so if she doesn't play, then she's not going to get paid. So she was requesting to not play. I, it, Otherwise, yeah, she was going to play? Yeah. Wow. Because I know in baseball, there's no penalty if you don't play. You just, uh, like Buster Posey, who's sitting the year out because he just adopted twins, uh, is electing not to play, but he has guaranteed contract. So the only thing he's really giving up is you know, the opportunity to put up more stats and um, defend his position and, you know, work towards getting in the Hall of Fame. But I think when he's at home, he's still getting paid. But WNBA, uh, maybe not the case. Maybe not the case. Finally, uh, any, news on, any news on, like, or your thoughts on women being, um, you know, having a much stronger role, much more prominent role coaching in the NBA? You know, the the Spurs have an assistant coach yeah. that I think she was she coached the half the game when Popovich got thrown out or he almost got thrown out. Uh, but she's almost like a lead assistant. I know Cal's head coach, Lindsey Gottlieb, went to um, the Cavs, but the Cavs coach just got fired. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on <laughs> on, you know, women really taking a stronger role in the coaching ranks of the NBA? I mean, I think it's very exciting. I mean, you look at the WNBA, men coach throughout and have very prominent positions in front offices. And so I think it would be, it's exciting. And hopefully the NBA does follow through with, you know, having a head coach that is a woman, because I think that, you know, women know basketball just as much as men and can motivate just as much as men and know the plays. And so I think it's exciting and hopefully soon, sooner than later, a woman will be a head coach. I think that, um, that would be awesome and super exciting to see. Yeah, it definitely ties into what you said earlier about how the NBA (laughs) in a, for socially is doing more than the other leagues and, Mm -hmm. uh, they own the WNBA they promote the WNBA. The WNBA hasn't gone anywhere. They've done a good job with that, I think. And uh, they have a lot of coaches, whereas the NFL and Major League Baseball is kind of stumbling with that or it's more of a mm-hmm. forced thing that they're trying to do or a PR thing, whereas the NBA actually has prominent coaches. Finally, I, got, I can't let you go without asking you about – I don't know what your thoughts about Duke in general are, but the Duke – paying Zion allegedly quite a bit of money to go to Duke. I don't know if you know that story, but. Um, yeah, I, I briefly read it. I mean, as they should, how much money did he bring to school? Yeah. You know? So if they gave him a little side money, probably in comparison to the money he generated for the, for the school, I have no problem with that. I mean, these guys should yeah. be getting paid some type of compensation for what they bring. Um, to those universities and how much money they generate yeah. in TV contracts, something, you know? Yeah. It's, re- it's really interesting with NF or the college football right now where, um, 
in the past, they say, oh, we can't pay the players. And then they come out, the commissioners say, we can't pay the players. They are student athletes, student athletes, student comes for athlete. We need to get them educated so they can go on and live fulfilled lives. Well, now the school shut down, school is closed. There are no classes. So if they're a student athlete, then they shouldn't need to come to campus at all because there's no classes to be had. There's no way you can be a student. So that's the priority. We should keep them at home. But no, obviously they're doing everything in their power to still have them play football because millions and millions and millions, I don't want to say billions, but maybe, uh, are on the line. And all the other sports are are kind of contingent upon football playing. So they're kind of caught uh, caught red-handed in their whole scheme there. Will there be an NFL season? We'll see. <laughs> well, before I let you go, last question. How do you think Cam Newton's going to do uh, for New England? Do you... Uh, so, you know, I'm conflicted because... I despise the Patriots, right? But mostly it was Tom Brady. So I guess I don't despise the Patriots anymore. And I love Cam Newton. I think that he's, you know, he's Superman. So I think that uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited for him. The contract they gave him was low, but I think that he's going to be exciting. And to see him in an offense, you know, very sophisticated offense, but I don't know what that looks like without Tom Brady. So we'll have to see. But um, I think that the Patriots are going to be a very interesting team to watch. And I will be watching all, all the games because I, th- I, I think Cam is going to be great. Wow. I mean, uh, the internet connection is not the best right now, but you said you hate Tom Brady? Uh, maybe hate is a strong word, but I strongly dislike And tell me more. And tell me more about that. Where, from your perspective, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but – what is Tom? Why does Tom Brady rub you the wrong way? Cocky, yeah. cheating, and maybe that has some some to do with Bill Belichick. I mean, a lot to do with Bill Belichick, but he's the coach, so you know, he's going to be there regardless. But it's just the whole Patriots way, it's smug, smug been, way, yeah. And, it, and just now, yeah, just now they got caught uh, filming the. Filming the, I think it was the Brown sideline. Oh, whoops! Yeah. We didn't mean to. It was a part of a show. It's uh, always something with them. And so, as much as I'm excited about Cam Newton, I also don't want to see the Patriots win. But you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, Taylor. Well, it was great to have you on the show. It's been a couple of years, sadly, but you're back, giving your yeah. take, giving hot takes um so we'll have to have you back on the show again soon hopefully you're staying safe out in sacramento and hopefully we'll have an nba season to talk about coming up shortly uh are you saying lakers in six lakers in seven why don't you give the listeners a uh, a prediction on july 13th tail end of court i feel good about lakers in six lakers in six okay you heard it here first we're signing off, Taylor Lewis. Great to have you on the show. Visions of Martin Luther staring at me. Malcolm X put a hex on my future, someone catch me. I'm falling victim to a revolutionary song. The Serengeti's clone. Back to put you backstabbers back on your spinal bone. You slit your disc when I slit you my dish. You wanted to diss, but jumped on my dick. 
grown man never should bite their tongue unless you eating pussy that smell like it's a stale plum i got my finger on the motherfucking pistol aiming it at the pig charlotte's web is gonna miss you my issue isn't televising you ain't gotta tell the wise how to sound beat because our life's an instrumental this is physical and mental i won't sugarcoat it you'll die from diabetes if these other niggas wrote it and everything on tv just a figment of imagination i don't want a plastic nation dread that like a haitian why you motherfuckers waiting I be off the slave ship, building pyramids, writing my own hieroglyphs. Just call it shit high power. Nigga, nothing less than high power. Five star dishes, food for thought, bitches. I mean, this shit is Huey Newton going stupid. You can't resist his high power. Throw your hands up for high power. Visions of Martin Luther staring at me If I see it, how he seen it, that will make my parents happy Sorry mama, I can't turn the other cheek They wanna knock me off the edge like a fucking widow's peak, uh And she always told me pray for the week, uh Them demons got me, I ain't prayed in some weeks, uh Dear Lord, come save me, the devil's working on He probably clocking double shifts on all of his jobs Frightening, so fucking frightening Enough to drive a man insane I need a license to kill I'm standing on a field full of landmines Doing the moonwalk Hoping I blow up in time Cause 2012 might not be a fucking legend Trying to be a fucking legend The man of mankind Who said a black man in the Illuminati Last time I checked That was the biggest racist party So get up off that slave ship Build your own pyramids Write your own hieroglyphs just call it shit high power Nigga, nothing less than high power Five star dishes, food for thought bitches I mean this shit is Bobby Seal making meals You can't resist his high power Throw your hands up for high power Who said a black man in Illuminati? Last time I checked, that was the biggest racist party. Last time I checked, we was racing with Marcus Garvey on the freeway to Africa till I wrecked my Audi. And I want everybody to view my autopsy so you can see exactly where the government has shot me. No conspiracy, my fate is inevitable. They play musical chairs once I'm on that pedestal. Frightening, so fucking frightening Enough to drive a man insane A woman insane, the reason Lauren Hill Don't sing, or Kurt Bang Loaded that clip and then said bang The drive me brains crazy Product of the late 80s, trying to stay above Water, that's why we shun the Navy Pull your guns and play me, let's set it off Cause a riot, throw a model Tarp, somebody told me them pirates Had got lost, cause we've Been off them slave ships, got our own Pyramids, write our own hieroglyphs just call it shit high power Yeah, nothing less than high power Five star dishes, food for thought bitches I mean this shit is Fred Hampton on your campus You can't resist his high power Throw your hands up for high power Thug life Thug life